With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Julio Rodriguez, and this is the Lookout Landing Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Lookout Landing Podcast. My name is John Troop, and I am the Deputy Managing Editor for LookoutLanding.com. I am joined today by three of my Matthew, how you doing today? I'm doing well. That was a real adventure in phrasing. <laughs> I thought you were saying all of us were friends of your coworkers. I was like, that's a weird way to... to yeah, are you trying to tell us something? On the one John? hand, it's trying true. But on the other hand, it's... No, it's putting you too far at a distance. Yeah, you're, you're all my friends. There's degrees of separation if we're your coworkers' friends. That's like someone you don't actually like. But no, no. I like I like you all. Kate... Thanks. Uh, Hello! Kate Prusser, also here. I'm managing editor for Lookout Landing. Mm. Uh, we are just on the tail end of the uh, Rule 4. Is that what it's called? The Rule yeah, 4 rule draft. Four. I don't really know what the other rules are other than Rule 5. But I assume they're just as important, just as special. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that. Uh, and as well, to have a, a full sort of uh, focus on that, we have to my right Grant Bronston. Uh, as as well, uh, staff writer and my dear personal friend, as are the other people at this table. <laughs> you know, but uh, seems like a real hierarchy. I, I have known him, I've known him for longer. What can I say? That's fair. Grant, how you doing this evening? I'm doing well. I'm wondering why I was asked to be on this pod since I have no special draft knowledge, but I'm happy to contribute well, uh, any knowledge of Rule Four. All right, I so I think I can answer that. We are in your living room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, true. Grant, who did I who did I stick you with? Oh God, you got. Stuck with Quinn Priester. I did. Went... Quinn Priester Rockies, went 18th to the Pirates. Really? Oh, the Pirates. Quinn Priester. Yeah. Two picks before the Mariners. Yeah. Although, I'm... given that he is a high school pitcher, I think the fact that uh, he's from high school meant that Jerry DePoto ruled him out instantly. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe they would have taken him if he was there. Who knows? But he's that kind of guy. He just I wasn't. I would have been surprised if he went first. Beautiful curveball. Beautiful curveball. Very yeah. advanced. So, yeah. I have some questions. What is the rule for draft? <laughs> Oh, it's just what they call the... That's just the so regular like the draft? The Rule 5 draft is okay. what they call the draft. The Rule 5 draft. Like, yeah. So yeah, the minor leaguers out. I thought this was like a, like a Dua Lipa situation. Like one, don't pick up the phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Two, oh, don't let him in. That's a new rule. No, yeah. it's like the Latin name for the, oh, for the draft, basically. Uh, and I will say, to Grant's point, he is the only one among us who has sat in a uh, draft room Flex. for no, a, go ahead. a major Flex league it team. Out. Flex it out, baby. Flex uh, it out. It's, oh, Grant, it's oh, Grant's yeah. I spent two years as the magnet boy. Uh, <laughs> so if anyone's wondering, oh, who put the magnet for Alex Jackson, Gareth Morgan, Nick Neidert, or Andrew Moore on the board? That would be either me or the other intern that was doing it with me. So, I love you finishing can, stronger. We, yeah, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. I mean, well, year one was supposed to be the good draft, and then that one did not end up good. And yeah. year two was supposed to be the bad draft, and it ended up pretty nicely. 
Yeah, if you want a review of all the drafts in the past, we did that on the site this past week. Um, I think that it's always interesting to kind of look back in the past, and of course it's hard not to play a what-if game, but it is very telling, I think, to look back at those 2013, 2014, even 2015 drafts and be like, oh, this is why we're in the position we're in. Like, Yes, definitely DePoto has (laughs) traded off a lot of the minor league depth, Um, and it's hard to see guys like uh, Pablo Lopez succeeding for the Marlins, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or you know Ryan Yarbrough yeah, or Nick Nider. Ryan Yarbrough was a what round? Pick? Ryan Yarbrough was a fourth round pick. And there's a very interesting sort of reason that yeah. Ryan Yarbrough was a fourth round pick. So the, in 2014, the Mariners did what the Mets did this season. And this was one of the years that you were right? there. This was, and I remember. Uh, you know, there's a lot of strategy that goes into all of this, and basically, there's a guy that's got you know an Excel spreadsheet, and they're punching in the numbers to make sure that no one's going to go over the pool because the second that you go over your 15%, I believe it is overages, you start losing draft picks, which is a yep. penalty that no team is really willing to pay. Has any team ever? Paid? No, no team has ever done I didn't that think so. in the like four or five years they've been under this system. Yeah. Um, and so, what the Mariners decided to do was to put all of their resources into uh, taking Gareth Morgan and giving him a $2 million oh bonus uh, <laughs> at a slot value of about 750000 Oh, what is this taste in my mouth? <laughs> Gareth, baby. <laughs> so bitter. And then because Alex Jackson fell to them at number six when many thought he might go earlier and his agent was Scott Boris, uh, oh he required God. a $4.2 million bonus to sign above oh, the $3.6 slot value. Which was seen as something that should have been a good thing. That, yeah, yes. yeah that, that made sense. That, At pick, the time. that pick was the slam dunk. Gareth Morgan was uh, okay at best. Yeah. Um, but because they needed to afford those two players, they then needed to save a lot of money from the slot values yes. around 3 through 10. Right. So that's where Austin Cusino came into play. So he was a little bit under. And then rounds four through ten, every single round, the Mariners took a, se- a college senior. And you take college seniors because they have very little leverage in the process. Whereas a high school senior could go to college, right. a college junior could go back to college for a senior year. A college senior doesn't have any recourse uh, other than maybe joining an independent league if they don't actually sign with the team. And they're smart. And they're smart. People have read at least probably three books. <laughs> Uh, the reason that we say this is the Mets strategy this year is um, yeah. the Mets found that Matthew Allen had fallen to them in the third, second round? It was the third round, third it was the, round. because it was the first round right. of day two. So it's it was the first round. round of day two. So Matthew Allen, who's considered mostly the top high school pitcher, is still on the board. He, unlike some of... Vandy, Vanderbilt is a really hard commitment to buy guys out of, but... Uh, Matthew Allen had his price, and people felt like he could be bought out of his college commitment. And so the Mets, like, swung for it. They swung for a first-round talent in the third round. They are still trying to ease the stink of losing Jared Kelnick off of them. Heard of him. (laughs) Um, So it was was cagey, and then they, like, just went under slot on every single pick. They basically punted the whole rest of their draft to be able to afford Matthew Allen. Yeah. So do any of we'll you see know? How that goes. Do any of you know like what the record is for like highest draft pick to be traded less than a year after mm. their pick? Like Kellenic's got to be. Really when was Trey Turner picked? 
That's a great question. So I would guess like 2012 ish. Well, so the rule yeah. has been, I believe they changed it this year. They the changed rule it has recently. been you could not be traded year. for a year uh, until a mm-hmm. year after you were picked. And yeah. Trey Turner was traded as a player to be named later, who only at the one year point did everyone reveal that the player to be named later was Trey Turner. Right, yeah. which so feels was, like a circumvention. So it was a circumventing yes. of the rules. Although, quite, quite one, that really uh, screwed the uh, Padres, right? It was the Padres who took him. Uh, yeah, I think that, so, was, yeah. that was the deal. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're gonna get a little bit uh, deeper into this, but uh, we're gonna talk on on th- on this episode here. We're gonna on talk this episode of Look <laughs> Last time on Look <laughs> No, um, we're gonna talk most uh, a lot of draft talk, just because that's that's what's been happening, and because the team itself, uh, though mildly more competitive this week. Uh, is not super, not super hot. For me, the biggest news of this week is that the Mariners are wearing teal all the time. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That rally. Yeah, I'm a that's big fan. True. So Shake you know, there up. are still people on the team who are trying to win. Well, yeah, that's so, the thing about tanking. None of the players, yeah, yeah are yeah. trying to lose. It's the yeah, organization you putting put around other players who yeah. can't help them. It's do not it. like Jerry's in the dugout every day before the game, like sliding someone a twenty. He's like, hey, <laughs> maybe throw a couple balls right down the middle tonight. No. Although, every man has his price. I don't think $20 is any of those <laughs> men's price. Though. How much could one pitcher cost? $20? <laughs> <laughs> Mike Leake's How like, ooh, Mac Williams. So I was, <laughs> we should talk about Mac Williams. Yeah, so I, oh, so first I question, was, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> so I was at today's game well, with my brother. I have a Braden Bishop injury and, update as well. So. Oh, wonderful. Okay. So I was at today's game, which was the 14-inning, 8-7 loss to the Astros. Uh, with my brother and my nephews, and they are, I would say, more casual, but, you know, enthusiastic fans, and, you know, both the kids love baseball. Um, They are diehard Mac Williamson fans (laughs) at this point, just after one day, because he hit a homer in his first plate appearance. That is loud. That's all you need, and uh, we saw him. He's gigantic. Uh, He has, like, he was the closest to Vogelback in terms of like bicep width oh. on the team. Vogelback. Like, uh, which, you know, is still like not close. Right. But um, yeah, it was, uh, was, was very interesting to see. So, uh, I, I know. so what do we think? In 400, 500 home runs? Yeah, I think so. Right. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Give him some right. time. Give him uh, some time. That was, no, that was my pro- yeah. projection for this season. He's going to obliterate every record. Yeah, you know, it'll be tough as. Tough in a platoon. He is yeah. uh, Matt Christopher's, the kid who only hit homers. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and the problem before was that he was in San Francisco. That was yeah. the only thing it's holding him back. It's a park. Now yeah. he's in San, uh, Seattle, uh, where the ball pitcher, jumps. Yeah, Haven. Yeah. Um, I will note that he had a very similar start to his career as a giant. I believe he hit a home run in his first at-bat, or his oh. first day as a... As a giant. First impressions, I get it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. I've done that at several jobs. You go in, you work really hard, (laughs) then you do nothing for a week. It's beautiful. I get it, Mac. Although um, Ian Miller could have also done this. Yeah, we would Yeah, that's... Are we going to... I mean, this, is, this is your platform. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to derail. Well, so who, I have who, thoughts. Who, 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 here's what I want to hear. Because, Kate, you mentioned you had a, a Braden Bishop I do have a Braden update. Bishop So I want to hear that, and then I want to hear... Because um, I know it's, it's somewhat surprising that the team went to... Uh, Mac Williamson, who was literally went out of the organization, oh, yeah. and literally officially signed 
the day he was brought in right um, to to fill a, an injury spot. Um, Kate, what's what's the deal on Braden Bishop's lacerated spleen? Braden Bishop's lacerated spe- spleen did require him going to the hospital. He has yeah. been in the hospital. Um, yeah. The surgeons were apparently baffled by what was going on. It's never good. Always, so, always good. Uh, but they didn't have to remove the spleen. But it is <laughs> like a four to five week. Uh, recovery timelines. So. Yeah, so, I mean, I would not mess with that I at think all. The, no. the, the most notable recent baseball lacerated spleen was David Dahl of the Rockies. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and I, okay. I don't recall specifically what his time frame was. Um, I know he missed probably uh, a month or at least over a month. Um, but I. Uh, it's something that players come back from and are fine. It just sure, will it just takes a, a while. while. And the it's one of those things where like kind of the first twenty four hours are the scary thing because like when we say lacerated, it's really ruptured, and so yeah. it's like one of those bad insides coming out kind of thing. And whenever the yeah. insides of an organ are coming out into the rest of your body, like. That's yeah. not a party that they're invited to. to. Yeah, no, I don't know about is... you, the three of you, but I hate it. I'm on the, the spleen Wikipedia page. Don't love it. It's real gross. There's pulp in your spleen? Yeah. I didn't know don't any know of that. We're going to need to consult things. team or uh, cite future doctors at Godshock on the spleen's value. Mm-hmm. I think it's just one of those things that like you want it to work, and if it doesn't work, you've got problems. <laughs> I can give us a David Dahl update. So yeah, please do. In, Back not in, with 20, in 2015, when he was in Double A, he was in a serious collision, and uh, with a player, May, May 28th, uh, unclear. What at the stadium? Just so, running into shit. Ran into something or other. <laughs> at full speed. And he sustained a grade four laceration of his spleen. He had two choices. Oh, it comes in grades, like option, a hamstring strain. Option then. one was to wait several months for the spleen to heal, nope. miss most or all the season, and run the risk of suffering a recurrence of the injury. On something as innocuous as a dive back into first base. Okay, definitely don't pick that one. Option two is consent to have the organ removed, which would expedite the rehab process and possibly complicate his life down the road. Wow. So, being the gritty spark plug that he is, David Dahl and his family chose the second option. Three days later, he had a splenectomy, where they remove your spleen. Of course. And by mid-July, he was back on the field. So he literally gave his spleen to the game. Mm -hmm. He did. Charge it to the game, folks. That's crazy. I think it's football, it happens fairly often. I, I mean, it's a trauma injury, right. so it kind of makes sense. So, but Braden wasn't doing anything. He got hit in the in the ribs. Oh, okay. That's gnarly, honestly. Yeah, no, it's it's bad. And he gets hit by pitches kind of a lot. Which is yeah, well, I mean, that's the really grip. Upsetting. Can't teach that. I am um, upset, though, because I did want them to bring up Ian Miller, right. who has been in the organization for seven years. La Flama Blanca. La Flama Blanca. Um, he has just been grinding and grinding and gritting and grinding and... Uh, you know, I, I'm hoping that the reason they didn't bring him up is that they do not want to lose him once they inevitably have to DFA whoever this person is who's up in the Mac. space. Yeah, Mac tonight. Um, which only I am old enough to get that reference. No one else gets that sure, reference. Sure, there's like a moon. I didn't even realize there was, was a reference. Yeah, it is the moon. It's a McDonald's yeah. thing. When McDonald's first started serving late night, like... Back in the day, yeah. children. Kate has lit a candle and, on a plate and put on a sleeping cap. This is crazy. Back in the day, 
Um, McDonald's <laughs> used to close kind of early, and so when they first started extending it, like past 10 p.m., they did it with this this Mac Tonight promotion that was a giant moon that he's so what does he look like he looks cool i'm he looking at him right like now sunglasses this guy right? like this guy fucks i'll say oh, yeah. night, right? he's, he's got like, sun, he's a giant yeah. blue moon and he's got sunglasses he kind of looks like on. jay leno <laughs> he kind of looks like jay leno he Ooh. also he looks he like ray like charles i think he's definitely <laughs> supposed to be ray charles I mean, right. he's moon. got sunglasses on. he's supposed to but I mean, I think he's supposed to be, and he played, well, the, the thing is, he played the piano. Like oh, okay. he said, that, yeah, yeah. So oh, I, I think see. it is very much supposed to be kind of a spoof oh. on Ray, Ray Charles. I did find a headline that says, Rape, Murder, Violent Racism, the weirdest McDonald's ad campaign the ever. Fuck? So y'all can search that out on your own, but it involves I Mac. For that. 28 <laughs> years ago in now, 2014, okay. so it's aged was, poorly. Was Mac tonight, like, related to the whole, like, Grimace, Mayor McCheese Yeah, it's the same thing? universe. No, I is mean, it, that's, that's the, 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 that's the, the McDonald's, McDonald's cinematic that's the, news. I'm sorry, McDonald, McDonald Land. Oh, McDonald Land. Sure. Um, well, I, I mean, it was, like, concurrent as far as time goes. But, okay. yeah, I just, I, and there was, like, a time where there were, like, Mac Tonight giveaways and the Happy Meal. Is that a verb? Stuff. Like, everybody, everybody Mac Tonight? Everybody <laughs> Mac Tonight. Every, no, yeah. no. I mean, it sounds it like just a Mac, Mac Tonight. Song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, it was, today, it was meant to promote their new late night menu, and it's a very creepy mascot because he is just a giant blue moon on a human body, and like I'm cool never sunglasses. A fan. Yeah, it's true. Sunglasses have never let in. You can put it. sunglasses on anything, and it'll look cool. Mm-hmm. You ever seen a baby in sunglasses? Hilarious. Oh, the coolest. <laughs> a dog in sunglasses. Oh, don't get me started. One of our prospects tweeted a picture of a dog in sunglasses the other day. And Isabel, I if you're to, listening, yeah, you know what to do. I have to go back. Figure out who that is. <laughs> Put him in. Is that how that works? That is yeah. If you just say it out loud and say Isabel, she puts oh. him in the Hall of Fame. Mm, All right. So okay, good to know. I'm, I'm spending a, a lot of time on getting Edgar in there. I'm, yeah. Damn it! I'm, I'm stabbing like a hook into the fact that someone said the word prospects and dragging that yes, towards okay. the fact right. that we're going to talk about. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> we all remember. So the Mariners. Completed uh, along with every other team, so it's not exactly special. Uh, the the draft uh, this week we had uh, forty one picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Correct. Thank you, Comp. Yeah. C. Thank comp you, Carlos C, Santana whatever. slash Cleveland. Yes. Mm-hmm. Smooth. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. Um, and we had a pretty well, I would say, pretty surprising. Uh, draft class. This one taught me that Jerry DePoto has a type. He knows what he was looking for, and he pursued it. It is. It is very true. So the the Mariners went eight uh, college pitchers, I believe, in the in the first ten rounds. Yeah, the first mm-hmm. five were college pitchers. First five, and, then, and then our boy Austin Shenton, and uh, then Limoncelli from Horseheads, New York. Yeah. And then the rest were college pitchers. Well, Adam Ma- Adam Macko is from high school, and yeah. then oh, and then Elon, Florida State, Baylor, Fresno State. Beautiful. Okay. But Florida State was a shortstop, so yes. there's no matter what, there's a heavy, heavy college yeah. lean to these picks. Definitely. Um, so I mean, that's... I broke out all the numbers in a tweet, which yeah. I now can't remember, even though I made you like, help me with the numbers. Regardless, it was heavily <laughs> leaned towards. It was like nine pitchers. infielders, yeah. six, six outfielders, outfielders, three catchers. 
catchers. Three catchers and all the rest were pitchers. Yeah. One lefty, right? Everyone uh, else one was right handed. One college lefty. One college lefty, two high school lefties. There it is. So, a ton of pitching. I, like, which, on so the one hand, pitching. is something that we have been clamoring for, generally. Yes. We've been clamoring clamor, for... Clamor, clamor, clamor. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Mariners have rebuilt their farm system into... A pretty decent farm system. It's not the best farm system, but it's a pretty decent farm system. It's Look. a middle of the road. Exactly. It's Cincinnati. This is it's like a medium exactly. farm system. From what exactly. I understand about farms, we're like that we're waiting for the harvest to bloom. Like everything Very is planted, so. and then now the harvest is coming. Very much so. You know is that how farms any... work. Matthew, sort of. I, I think I can tell that you're a suburban kid that went to San Diego for college. Wow! <laughs> wow! Wow! This is someone who has always lived there. So yeah, I was yeah, gonna say. Let's let's talk about all that New Haven farmland. Let's land. talk about Grant's past. <laughs> Denying my sister admission to Yale University. <laughs> it's on wax. It is on wax. Oh, man. At some point. All right. I'd rather um, talk about Grant's pass. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> so we're, we're through. Well, I, I won't speak for everyone, but I'm pleased that the Mariners decided, hey, we don't have enough pitching depth in this farm system. Yes. We got outfield. They got outfielders this offseason, and most of those outfielders have been the best performers yes. in outfield, the minor league system. And right? again, you can find all of this on the site where we yeah, did a positional yes. breakdown. But what we concluded right. of our positional breakdown was in the year that's passed since we did it last, mm. last year, uh, outfielder was good-ish. Infielder was, mm, catcher was, and starting pitching was, <laughs> yeah. And now this year, catching is, hey, hey. Outfielders, yeah. Every position is the Fonz In, now. Infielders are. Oh, that's not the Fonz. Yeah. And uh, and starting yeah. pitching is still. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The starting yes. pitching is Mr. Yuck. Yeah. yeah. These starting are... pitching is absolutely Mr. I think starting pitching is the worst. Positionally, like yes, we're we're lacking infielders here and there, but uh, starting pitching is weak from start to finish. It is Logan Gilbert, and then it is a huge yawning chasm, and then it's a bunch of guys that you are just like really crossing your fingers and hoping can maintain their success. It's yeah. your Darren McCaggins. It's your LJ Newsom's. It's your. I put Justin down a little bit. I, yeah, that. I would put. Just, I, I would put Justin down at the him. at the. T- I'm so concerned about the command still. So yeah. he's not consistent. Yeah. But I, I mean, Logan Gilbert is not is still working. But you look at the the yeah. package that right. Logan Gilbert has, and even though he's like, hey, no, no. Uh, even though he's down a ways, he made a six he six. He is. He is still working on refining a lot of stuff. But you look at that and you're like, I see a, a major league skill set in right. that mix. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely the weakest. So it was great to have a, a draft that aggressively addressed that weakness. Yes. Yeah. And then the first position player was third base, which we also thought is yes. an area. Definitely of, the weakest. You know, yeah, yeah that yep. could yep. use some improvement. So these are all things that are... That, that, I certainly appreciated that. I think we thought. I don't think there were. I mean, in the first round, they took George Kirby, right-handed pitcher out of yep. Elon. That's a guy who was pretty much pick. exactly. It's you a know, very he was pretty pick. much ranked about there, like right about there. Yep. A lot of people mocked him there. It made sense. They took him. 
Let's point Second out too that this is one of the weaker draft classes yes. that we've seen. So, and I have never seen a draft that went one to twenty pretty much exactly like the mocks had it laid out. Yeah, like a couple surprises here and there. I know we all liked Keone Cavaco. Yeah, um, me especially jumped up into the early. Yeah, I mean mostly that draft progressed until you got to like pick. 13 or so and then there were some curveballs thrown right. in and then after the Mariners pick like 21 on it was just a free-for-all like I could not have predicted any of those picks yeah. from there on if you told me who the pick before was I would not have been able to get that but um and and that that is sort of where where things essentially diverge for what this draft was right I mean because like they got a lot of pitchers which yep. is a organizational need. They got some middle and left side infielders, which uh-huh. is an organizational need. That is great. Did they go for players who we... I mean, on the, on the one hand, it's really hard to say because we don't know what they think they'll be able to develop as. But do we think they left best like the best talent out there at times because they were addressing organizational need. Yeah, I would say it's, as you said, John, it's almost impossible to know without seeing their draft board. Um, As a noted and avowed non-prospect expert, I certainly can't claim to say, oh, here are the five position players I would have taken over George Kirby or Brandon Williamson or any of that. But, you know, I definitely think that when you're drafting in MLB draft, given that any player you take is at the very best a year and a half or two years away from the big leagues, and much more probably three or four years away. You don't draft for need, whether in the Mm -hmm. major or minor league system. You will eventually draft for depth in the later rounds to make sure you have enough players for for all of your teams. But you really are focusing on getting the best talent there. I would love to have the problem of we have too many good outfield prospects and we're going to have to trade one of them for something else. And we're getting close to that, right? We are getting close to We are getting close to, potentially, with Jared Kelnick being on this incredibly accelerated track, with Jake Fraley just, like, destroying Arkansas. Um, Kyle Lewis is starting to show, like, some life. We have Don Thompson-Williams. If if all the good outcomes happen for those guys, that sounds like a great outcome for us to have. We have Julio. But what what I worry about is... If you take all these college pitchers, it really seems like there's a, there's a good chance that you're just taking the college pitchers because you really want college pitching and not because you think those guys are the best guys. It's, Maybe they were the best guys on their board. We don't know. Only Tom Allison and the rest of the scouting yeah. team can, can answer that one. It's really similar to what they did last year when they clustered a lot of catcher mm-hmm. picks together. We did catcher in the third with Kyle Raleigh. We did catcher in the with Jake and Chia. I can't remember what that was. And then we did Catcher again with Dean Navarez. And I, I don't think that they were betting on Dean Navarez being anything. Um, but Dean Navarez can hit. And all of a sudden you have Cal, Dean Navarez, and, and Chia all clustered at the same level. All performing. I mean, A, still. Cal's in high A. But you have them all performing. But again, it's a good problem to have. As I interviewed Dean Navarro this offseason and he was like yeah it's everybody always needs a catcher like everybody yeah. always needs someone who's good and if you have a bunch of guys who are all kind of at the same level and they're all competing against each other and each trying to outdo the other 
you know, it's it's good to trade from a position of strength. That's an interesting idea. I wonder if there is any value in trying to cluster player types mm -hmm. um, to develop together in the same way that you know it could. You, you can imagine it being helpful for Jared Kelnick, for example, to have Julio Rodriguez right. at a similar level for the two of them to kind of be challenging each other and always working together and imagining mm -hmm. a future where they're playing and contributing for the same major league team. Maybe there is value in having a whole lot of pitchers, you know, rise through the system together or having a group of catchers that are learning and, and, and kind of going back and forth with each other mm -hmm. with the goal of we're all going to eventually be major leaguers and hopefully we're going to do it for this team. I mean, it also makes it easy to, if you have them all literally at the same level, mm -hmm. it makes it easy to distribute your coaching resources yeah, to... Like, okay, you have Tony Arnerich, who is our catching coordinator. If you have two of the best catchers in the system with Dean Navarez and Jake Anchia, both at, at the West Virginia Power, send him there, and he can spend a lot mm -hmm. of time there working with those guys. So Yeah. The other thing I want to, to talk about in regards to draft strategy, uh, we've definitely seen a strong preference for DePoto for college players in the, the last few drafts. In uh, it's been really you know he he was hired by the Mariners in the fall of 2015, right? And the first draft that he then oversaw was 2016, but it was actually the 2017 draft was the first where he installed the scouting director after Tom McNamara stepped down or or was stepped moved to aside. special assistant. Yeah. But <laughs> basically so means he's now you know a voice in the room, but not the scouting director making yeah. the call with with Jerry. Not love Um, and since then you know the the one real high school player that was picking near the top that they took was Sam Carlson. Mm -hmm. and I think Sam Carlson was an example of a player that no one really thought was going to get to the Seattle. And once they realized that they actually were going to have a chance at him, they said, yeah, he's a good enough value that we'll, we'll take advantage of, of this and we'll stop the free fall here. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean, you know, that that's an example of the DePoto and the Mariners recognizing that good value was available and changing their strategy to adapt to that. That's mm -hmm. not saying that he was part of their strategy. Yeah. I don't think he was. I think their strategy really is, first and foremost, we're going for college players who we think are good. And a lot of the time where they see the upside for these college players is at small schools. They think that the small school college guys are maybe a little underscouted or yeah. uh, their dominance will translate more to better competition than one uh, than someone else might imagine. And That's, I know that we have Matthews in contact with some of the guys from Elon. I got the plug at Elon. Yeah, we got the because we, we got give away our sources. It, it's all because uh, because you established this great relationship with Nick Zamorelli. I sure the did. Third, it's mostly he, with his family. Mostly, <laughs> well, I mean, they're a very tight knit family. The I Zamorelli. Mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's an Italian situation mm -hmm. where you know you you like one of them, then you have fifteen people who also then like you. Yeah, it's exactly. all you know. We it's all, a package deal. We all dine together. We're breaking bread. Um, <laughs> I like how you slipped in a little, a little bit. bit. A, a little, little New York guy came out there. Bit. No, but yeah, uh, the Mariners clearly have something going on with Elon University where they like the way things are done there, or maybe mm -hmm. like Grant said, they think that those guys are under-scouted. Maybe they yeah. have some sort of thing that's being taught at Elon University that other schools aren't teaching. Because they've gone both position player and pitcher out Correct. of there. They've gone Ryan Ogren, who is a shortstop. Nick Zamorelli, who's kind of a first, third, yeah. DH type. And then two pitchers in this draft. Mm -hmm. Kirby and Ty Adcock. Who Ty is, Adcock, who has a fun, fun Instagram presence. He's very, fun, yeah, he's very goofy presence. looking. Yeah. He's got some hair. Big boy, big boy. Large big man. Bro. Yeah, so keep your ears to the street for my, uh, my collab with Elon University. <laughs> 
It'll be coming out at some point. Um, so here's something I will say. So I think there is a very reasonable case, and I think we feel this way when we follow the draft, um, that like that you want to look for upside, and that a great way of looking for upside mm-hmm. is looking at those high school players. Um, there especially for pitchers and, and there's actually a very interesting article on Fangraphs about this about how the player development works in college uh, and how pitching player development has been pretty good in yeah. some colleges and that hitting development there isn't really like a comparable version of yep. that uh, for, for the college level and so there have been a number of high school hitters who have come you know come straight out of high school and have, have ultimately become really good players the top 10 players uh, just purely by FWAR uh, for 2018 for last year we had uh, I believe I'm, I'm just by going through this uh, eight college pitchers and two international signees interesting I mean you know that, that's a very sort of slim way of looking at this but like the last several years, the best pitchers in baseball have been college, college guys. Pitchers. You know, and and it's not even just like guys who have been around for a while. Like Verlander's in there and Scherzer's in there, but like Degrom's, Degrom is not all that far in the past. Right. Like Garrett Cole, Patrick Corbin, Trevor Bauer. Like yeah. you know, and that's not to say like those guys became who they were because of the college that they went to, but like that is. Taking a college pitcher is not necessarily taking the low upside shot, especially if it's from a place like Logan Gilbert, where it's like Stetson has a really yeah, you know, good like, track record. Oh, you know, DeGrom and Kluber. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. That's what I was yeah. say. Like, it's an interesting mix. You have DeGrom from Stetson. You have Verlander right. from Old Dominion. Yeah. And then you also wow. have like... Garrett Cole and Bauer, who went to UCLA, Aaron Nola, LSU. Uh, baby, right? Scherzer's Mizzou. Oh, Mizzou. That's right. I knew it was SEC. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, Chris Sale wasn't on this list, but he's from Florida Gulf Coast. Like, it's with baseball, like, you, nobody really yeah. knows. Like, yeah. So, it, it's a really interesting testament, or yeah. not testament, but, it, but it's a really interesting gauge, I guess, of the Mariners have had some success, and it's, it's, not necessarily looked great this year, but especially last year in getting players and making slight adjustments, especially in like mechanics, to maximize their skill set. We're talking Marco Gonzalez, right. we're talking uh, Wade LeBlanc, we're talking James Paxton, guys, guys who made a slight adjustment, especially mechanically. Uh, and we're able to get more out of it. And, you know, this offseason, we've seen that more on the minor league level with guys like LJ Newsome and Reggie McLean uh, adding a bunch of velocity by becoming more efficient with their motion and, right. uh, you know, as well as obviously. We pump them full training. of drugs. At exactly. Gas yeah, gas yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, gas can for the gas is just <laughs> strength. Yeah, strength. All right. Speaking of pitchers pumped with drugs. Yeah. Do we think Mike Leake gets traded this week? <laughs> Nailed it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. 
Unbelievable. Another college pitcher. Oh, Another college true. pitcher. It's true. ASU. I also, I go home. So I go home. So I don't I incriminate myself. I don't think Mike Leake is on drugs. I was. That was just the pure. We have a long-standing joke about is, Mike, Mike Leake kind of being a stoner type. But. Yeah, which is well, 100%. And he's from San Diego. Yeah, I mean, it 100% yeah. no, comes no from shit. gestures at everything about him. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we have some intel. It's just from looking at him. Yeah. I want also, to take a quick time out and just say part of John's conversation. Um, Isaiah Campbell, who is our comp balance whatever pick yes. the in- Encarnacion pick uh, worked with Brian DeLunis yes. at his pitching yeah. came from before, Arkansas came but... from Arkansas but yeah I mean Brian DeLunis has worked with a lot of the Midwest for whatever reason well because he was from Missouri he was set in Missouri he was He's... set in St. Louis so yes I uh... mean Brian DeLunis is there Campbell is from Kansas but went to school in anyway um, but that's where you see a lot of the interesting, uh, there's a lot of interesting pitching stuff yes. that is going on. And it's interesting too, to see how like sometimes that's translating at the pro level. So anyway, wanted to say that very quickly. Yeah. No, Back very... to Mike Leake, well, doing, so, taking so... the pot or whatever. No, that's not, that was not what I was driving at. It yes, was just Mike Leake trade. Mike Leake trade. Actually, let's do, can we do a quick little uh, experiment? I want everyone, <laughs> everyone. Everyone at home, too, and all everyone at this table, close your eyes. Mm. Try to, you can picture Mike Leake's face, right? Let's say he's sitting Absolutely. down. He's smiling. Let's say he's sitting down for an interview Long with time. Angie Mentink. Yeah. What does his voice sound like? Can anyone, like, hear Mike Leake's voice right now? I have no idea what his voice it's sounds like. the voice like. of the car wash attendant <laughs> holding the chamois who's telling me to pull forward. But is that gravelly? Is that... No, no, no. Is that, like, know. what's up, bro, sort I of voice? Well, there's a little, yeah, yeah like... I bet it'd be, like, NPR. Bit, like, uh, like stoner yeah. NPR voice, where it's, like, very, like, oh, welcome. I so I heard it recently only because they had him and Domingo Santana as the, like, joint endgame interview. Yeah, when he, when he went on his... Because he threw uh, a good game! Congratulations, Mike Lee! Yeah, shout Most out to you. Ever in his career. Shouts to that trade value. Yes, um, good job, buddy. Yeah, it's good looking. Um, he is... So we, we heard this rumor. Of course. Not we. I mean, well, we heard it, but everyone heard it, or should have heard it. But, uh, but Ryan Divish us. wrote an <laughs> yeah. article yeah, about yeah. it. It's not, it's, well, say, some, well but sometimes Ryan we hear things. Sometimes. Ryan Divish may have written the article, but we read, we read this article. What is more noble? Yeah, yourself that. Exactly. Supporting local journalism. So, supposedly, Mike Leake, uh, being discussed heavily in, in trade rumors between the Mariners and the Diamondbacks. Yes. Um, Leak is from uh, San Diego area. From San Diego. Did college in Arizona. Exactly. Seems like a good fit. He can Family's hit in the area. He can hit in the his National League. He lives in the area because his dad fell off a roof. Yes. That uh, of a retirement home that he was supposed to be building and is like basically kind of paralyzed from the waist down and is in incredible pain. Yeah. And when Mike Leake was being dealt. Um, to the Mariners initially. No, I'm sorry. When Mike Leake wanted, was going to re sign 
he really wanted to resign, or when he was going to sign, when he was a yeah, free was agent, a free he really wanted to go to Arizona because it was a huge personal wish of his. Sure. He wanted to go to Arizona so he could be close to his dad. His dad can't fly. It hurts him. Yeah. Or he can, but it's like it causes him physical pain. Um, he really wanted to be in Arizona so he could be close to his dad. His parents could come to the games. And Arizona kind of dicked him over, I think, where they said like they were interested, and then they went and signed Corbin. Maybe? I don't think I think they Grink, had Grinky? Corbin. Uh, it probably was Grinky. Uh, it was like, definitely sure, Grinky. No but then I mean, they it went was, bigger. It was two things. They spent money on two things because it was one, and he was like, "Whoa!" And then it was the other, and he was like, "Oh, definitely not." Yeah. Uh, and so then the Cardinals offered him, and he just kind of had to take the he had to take the money. So interesting. I am personally, on a personal level, uh, not just a baseball level, but on a personal level, I am rooting for Mike Leake to be able to get back to Arizona. Yeah, make his um, make his voice heard. So it would make a lot of sense. I mean, obviously, we we mentioned a little bit like he's an he's a good hitter for a pitcher. You know, we have, <laughs> he like, is. Like, like he's, he's, a, he's a benefit to he's, your he's, national he's, league. He, like he's, he's one of the best hitting pitchers in the he league at this point. He actually is. Um, Marco is too. Cause. Marco is too. Yeah, well, that's really like Allegedly. saying that punch to the face only hurt me a little. Sure, bit. but I mean, it makes it like he was like the the amount better that that makes your team, right? Like if you have like. An, like a below average offensive player as your pitcher, like as a pitcher hitter, as opposed to like a compl- a like a, a guaranteed out. Yeah. Like yeah. that's that. Well, no, but like that that is like a sneaky way that you can get value, especially like as long as the NL continues to have pitchers hit, which is stupid, which is probably not God. that long if we're being honest. Oh my God, I hope so. I hope they keep it. I, I, don't, have a, I don't have a problem with this. I don't like, have a maybe that's my it. hottest take in baseball-wise. No, it's not that hot. I love the idiosyncrasy of no DH in the NL, DH in the AL. I will note right now that Grant has really sharp canine teeth, and he might, <laughs> might be a vampire who is sent to sow dissent very, among very the humans. Very pale. Yeah, he's really also pale. pale. Yeah, so anyway. <laughs> yeah, that also has set me off. He's also that also made me curious that he's a boy. Don't go out in the sunshine. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of clues here. He's also wearing a Montreal Expos shirt, which is a dead entity that he is yeah, also. Yeah, definitely. And they had a dome. They did have a dome, so there's the no sun. Yeah. All right, so Grant is a vampire yeah. confirmed. Yeah, and but he likes the draft. Sleeping. So what are you gonna do? I'm not good at liking the draft, but I do like it. Yes. <laughs> I'm still hung up on his Mike Leake's voice. Are we sorry, to, so, are we so yeah, so Mike Leake trade that. Sorry, yeah. Gonna... So, is there? I guess. Do you guys expect that that there would be much of a market? I don't. I can't anticipate there would be much of a market. But the only thing that that makes me curious is Mariners ate a lot of money on Jay. Bruce. Oh my God, they ate so much money. And and can we talk? Should we talk about that very briefly? Like the Jay Bruce trade? Because I, I feel mean, just, like yeah. I took some flack on this for the account because I was not happy about this trade. No. I I thought it was a poor value. Like you're trading with Philly, who is. Number one, kind of desperate. Yep. They had Odubel Herrera has a DV thing and might not be back for a long time. A long time. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it really, those things are always kind of hard to predict. And I mean, Julio Arias is back with the Julio Arias. Yeah. Arias? yeah. You got it. But yeah. that was like a, I mean, like, it was like a, 
the it was a public thing where yeah, like it was someone pretty known that was like, shoved in a parking lot. Right. There's and, there's like, probably felt like so there's um they're obviously down someone in that arena or they should be for the rest of the year. Um, and then we have Kutch tearing his ACL. Which was post-trade. Which was post-trade. Post I know, day. which is so bad. Yeah. For Kutch, too. Uh, for him. But also for him. For, yeah, for him. Mostly for the Mariners. Um, but also for us. Mostly, um, mostly the Mariners are suffering. Yeah, that's the important thing to but keep they're in mind. Like, they're... I felt like my ACL was torn when I was <laughs> trade. It's such a big <laughs> Um, so we were hoping the Mariners would eat a fair amount of salary and they did. they did. And we were also hoping that when trading with Philadelphia, who is one of the most pitching rich systems in the MLB, we were hoping they would maybe come out with a pitcher. They did not. We thought. They came out with Jake Dick Shiner. Shineha- Shineheart Wig Shiner. <laughs> Shiner. What? Uh, like a 20, what is he, 29 and he's in high A, right? Is I sure he's 23. Okay, fine. He's 23 and he's in uh, high best A. Best age to be. Uh, basically the same thing. Barely yeah. age appropriate. Um, whatever. It, a utility player, like no, just in all of my, I, I just, I went over all the lists of Philly. I looked at all their like fringe top 30 guys. I looked at guys who were deeper on the I, he never crossed my radar so i mean that's what the trade value was perceived as for jay bruce it, with us eating most yeah. of the contract so that was and man, prospects the, are worth their weight in gold and we've just been trading them away like nothing right and there's the emotional <laughs> aspect of losing jay bruce losing team i feel like jay my bruce, parents got divorced again who like immediately <laughs> went to philly and like has a great new family and went to disneyland right them, like right He's already posting bed. pictures on social media right <laughs> it's like, like we're like, still here dad yeah just come home, Dad. Was it, was it seven home runs? Yeah, in one game. Yeah, one people game? forget the seven home run game. It was like going to be almost as good as Matt Williamson this season. <laughs> it's like it's going to be a tough race for MVP. It's a grand slam. Although now they're in opposite home. leagues. Yeah. He pitched a, a shutout All right. ring. All right. All right. He married my mom. <laughs> <laughs> He's a versatile, versatile player. <laughs> Right. We love you and we miss you. So, Mike Lee, here's what I said. Oh, back to this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so if that's fucking Jay Bruce's trade value, what yeah. the fuck is... What We're going to get a cactus, a surfboard, <laughs> and some Marlboro Reds. Yeah. Surfboard? Surfboard! What kind of cigarettes do you think Mike Leake smokes? Paul Malls. No, I think he's a little above that. No, I think he's, he smokes the oldest man one, which I think is Paul Malls. You so think? I, I'm, I'm it doesn't seem very beachy, Malls. though. I could see him rolling his own American spirit. Oh, that's it. That's what he does. That's yeah, because he doesn't trust big tobacco. Yep, you win. 
Yeah, I mean, I did live in San Diego, so <laughs> I've met a million Mike Leakes. There are a lot of cigarette brands. Oh, yeah. I just looked up cigarette brands, and they go for a while. John just found out about cigarettes. <laughs> Our sweet summer child. What is um, it? All right, buying? realistically, though, realistically, what could we get for Mike Leak? Because today, well, staff writer Joe, Joe Doyle. Joe Doyle rules. Shout out, Joe. This is our first podcast since Joe's been a member yes, of the Yes, hello. Yes, we have a new member of the team who is focused on the minors, uh, also writes for Baseball America, has lots of scout contacts, yeah. so is able to give us we got We got big, we got big dirt. deets. I learned a lot from this article. Like, every single player that he lists, <laughs> I, I had never heard yeah, of. Literally a lot. One of them is named Donatella, so he might be a Ninja Turtle. I would love yeah, him on the team. He also might be Josh Lyman's assistant. We're not sure which. I don't know what that means. Um, West Wing jokes aren't going over well in this crowd, all right? No. Ooh, sorry, Grant. No, this is good. I got you. I got but yeah, you yeah, understood I, that reference, please at me on Twitter. I would love to hear from you. Yeah, but uh, to reel this back in, Joe lists some possible uh, options for a trade with Arizona, who the Mariners have been linked to with Mike Leake. So if you're interested in that, there's some guys... Multiple positions. There's a third baseman, Drew Ellis, a shortstop named Blaze, which we would all probably be happy about. Blaze Alexander? That is, Joe wrote it. It's on the site. There's no way that they would never give us. Blaze Alexander uh, was a top prospect like two years ago, last year. Well, he has an infield throwing arm that was clocked as the fastest in his draft class. Like, I don't think he's coming back for Mike Lee. What if I told you he's hitting 239 and he's tanking on purpose? To get out of Arizona, maybe, and come to Seattle. maybe. I mean, he's, can't he's a rule fun it out. guy. He does actually have a weird Seattle connection that I can't remember off the top of my head, but it is. It's the name Blaze, as it is. Blaze. His name uh, was legalized in 2016. He also yeah. named and Arizona persecutes him heavily. He also named LT Tolbert, right? Yeah. Who's also, I think, not anyone who's going anywhere. Um, well, not with that attitude. He's personally torturing the Modesto nuts on like a nightly basis. Uh, I think that the prospect return for Mike Leake will be disappointing. Well, I don't think it would be, I guess, part of it is Mike Leake has a no-trade clause. So yeah, Mike that's G- a problem. So Although he would, clearly, are, he would clearly wave it yeah, for Yeah, he, he would wave it for Absolutely. He'd wave it for Arizona. He'd wave it for probably San Diego, um, which, again, both close enough to Arizona relative to Seattle. Right. Uh, I mean, he was excited to come to Seattle from St. Louis because right, they had absolutely. spring training in sure. Arizona. Yeah. Like, that relatively is still a big deal. Um, but, like, that's what the Jay Bruce trade made me curious about. Because, like, yes, Jay Bruce didn't get a lot. But Mike Leake, he's not great. He's not great. <laughs> is he Is he not he great? He is not no. great. Analysis, analysis you can only get here, yeah. folks. But, like... <laughs> So for a team like, uh, you know, he was linked to San Diego in the offseason. He's linked to Arizona yesterday, basically. Um, These, you know, he is a guy who can handle 180, 190 innings, six innings and outing, can make it easier on the rest of a young team that has, like, you know, for San Diego, for instance, like, this is a team that could make the playoffs this year, but has... A lot of young pitchers that are probably going to hit pitching limits. Yeah. Mike Lee can make it a lot easier on that team just by soaking up endings into his beachy skin. Correct. Um, that is how skin works. Exactly. So, like, you know, it's it's 
you know, even if even if he's just an average pitcher, like that's someone who is, I would say, probably more valuable than Jay Bruce is likely going to be. And it's ultimately going to come down to other Mariners also willing to eat a lot of money for Mike Leake. Of course. If that's the case, I think we could see, you know, it's not going to be amazing, but it's, it's again, it's filling in the edges of that system. It's filling in the, you know, it's filling in the guys who left the system to, to fill in rental players. You know, it, it's getting someone like, Bryson Brigman or Duh. Freddie. Well, you know, and that like that that's the where it's like we we dealt guys who were, you know, would not have been high level prospects yeah, in no. any other system, but help give you depth uh, in in a system that doesn't have a ton going on. And if you fill that in again, then then you're in an okay spot. So I, I think that we could see something similar to that for Mike Leake. I think we could see something similar to that for several of the players that the Mariners have right now. Yeah, I would just love to see Mike Leake in the playoffs because then maybe we could get like a Mike Leake podium game where he just balls out and has to do an interview and just clearly hates it, like a like a Kawhi Leonard situation where he plays too well and actually sabotages himself because then people want to talk to him and all he wants to do is go home. <laughs> that I'm, is pretty much an internal Mike Leake mood. I'm choosing to he believe... He always wants to go home. Exactly. I'm choosing to believe he sounds like Jackson Maine from A Star is Born with that sort of gravelly, <laughs> like, you want to take another look at you. That's Ooh. that's what I'm getting. Yeah. All right. Yeah, someone told me I had a hot voice recently, and boy, has that gone to my head. <laughs> it is unreal. Ooh. That, we don't need to talk about that. Uh, but I'm interested. It was that. Jerry DePoto. He listens. Oh, well, Jerry He's, DePoto has a weird voice. He said he only listens that? to his own podcast after he listens to the Lookout Landing podcast to make sure that we're not, you know, talking about the same That's thing. That's the wheelhouse. This is the real house. Oh. Look at out of nowhere. Yeah. Oh, he's so pleased with himself. He is. Listeners, he looks so pleased with himself All right, right now. Let's, uh, we're getting towards the end here, so we're going to move to uh, listener questions. This one is great. comes on the heel. Wait, did we actually talk about the draft at all? or no? Yeah, we said some yeah, stuff. Okay. We said some names. Okay, sure. They're on the team now. Okay, listener questions it is. Listener questions. So this one comes on the heels. I feel like I should provide context in case people don't know. Um, in the NBA Finals, Kyle Lowry was chasing a loose ball fell into the crowd, and was shoved by a fan who turned out to be a partial owner of the Golden State Warriors. Oh, that is. And a literal multi-billionaire. Yeah, venture capitalist, the guy who would be sitting courtside at the Warriors and own a stake in the team. He has since been banned from the finals, but we have a question from Cash Rugley who wants to know, if a Seattle celebrity got in trouble for shoving a player at a game, who would it be and why? So the key here is to just, I mean, there's not that many Seattle celebrities. So the key is, I think, one, who would be courtside at an NBA Finals game and who would be rowdy enough to act, or just a bad enough person, if you want to go down that route, to actually push a person who's playing a game for their entertainment. So Seattle celebrity. Correct. Who would... Push a person who's playing a game for their entertainment. I have one in mind. I'm going to go with Joel McHale. Joel McHale. I can see that. I can see Joel McHale off like seven vodka tonics. Yep, exactly. Forgetting how to act. Like seven vodka diet tonics. Yeah. 
and just being like again with a lot of white men i think you scratch them just a little and and some ugliness shows through i can so, see it i was that was go... very much my experience on twitter today sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go a different route. I was thinking, in this situation, hypothetically, this would be a Sonics or a Seattle basketball game where we are at home, our fans are excited, an enemy player comes into the crowd mm. who is sitting front row, but actual royalty himself, Sir Mix-a-Lot, is upset. Oh. And if it's Kyle Lowry, I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen Kyle Lowry's ass. It is enormous. <laughs> Sir Mix-a-Lot. Yeah, Sir Mix-a-Lot became famous for his love of ass. I think it's a match made in heaven. I think in this situation, Sir Mix-a-Lot not only shoves, but grabs the ass on his way out Mm. and gets probably Mm -hmm. thrown out. So, Mm -hmm. does anyone Mm -hmm. else want to weigh in on Seattle celebrities? I don't know if I can weigh in on who becomes the uh, venture capitalist shoving or grabbing a player. Right. But I do think that once the Sonics are back, Macklemore might be our Drake. Oh god! Oh god! I will. I will not watch if that's the case. I'll watch only the road but games. But I do think I could easily, easily see this happening. No, Wait, it are would we not happen. Jeff Bezos into any of this? Are we? I mean, I think Bezos would be a little shook. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't. Weird. I don't think he's a shover. No. I think he'd be courtside. I just don't think he's a shover. I don't know. I think he might be like up in the suites, like eating some shrimp. And just like, I, mean, I don't want to well. have exactly. any. Yeah. Just up in the suites with his mistresses. You know, like, you know, who, of them. you know who is courtside and definitely like is got some deep-seated anger is Kenny G. Uh, that is, that is, is some he of, here? Went to Franklin. What? Yep. Why do you think he learned how to play like that? Embarrassing. I think those curls are high. Does he have his instrument with him, courtside? Yeah, is he beating someone over the head like, with the soprano saxophone? Yeah, did he like play the anthem so. and then just like is chilling? I hope, and then... I, I hope he like brings it out and then just starts. I mean, he's the, like, not doing any damage himself. Noodle arms. And then just whips that's it across. I love how. Yeah, no, I think that's a Michael. Right, but that's a song. Right, but like his normal, his normal vibe. You is think so he's the mellow. careless whisper of a person? I think like when he gets attacked, he like he flips a switch. It flips a careless whisper switch. Oh, that's not the song you would use for like an. I just a, want to recognize song. that John was able to like beat boop his way into a recognizable song. What of the most recognizable oh, song? I'm not doubting the song's recognition ability. I'm doubting I'm sorry, your ability to make it recognizable. Kenny G is for the Absolutely no. I'm not saying. It. I'm, not, I'm saying I'm saying a switch clips. Wait, it's Kenneth not his song originally, G. but he became famous for it. I thought that was Michael Bolton. Does Kenny G sing? I don't oh, think Kenny G is. Like, oh, that is Michael I'm Bolton. Mixed up Kenny, Kenny G, G, I don't think Michael sings Bolton. at all. Yeah. No, he doesn't sing. He just Michael plays. Michael Bolton's his... that guy in Office yeah. Space, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why should I have to change his name? He's the one who sucks. <laughs> 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 all right, good answers by all. Um... Okay, let's Yes, go. okay, okay, yes, Kenny G. Kenny G also, like, definitely, probably also a vampire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which oh, is why. That does bring me to my next <laughs> point I was going to make. Uh, two sharp teeth is not part of the original Slavic vampire lore. Oh. Traditionally, it's just sharp teeth in general, and that's probably because when bodies decompose, their gums recede to make the teeth look longer and sharper. <laughs> the first movie to have the two teeth was actually Nosferatu the Vampire in Nosferatu. 1979. Banger. So that's don't come at me and tell me that two sh- sharp 
canine teeth. I mean, I, I'm a He's vampire. done a lot to try right, to hide this Kenny. identity. Right, no, let's not. move on. Let's move on. We have a question that is tailor-made Wait, for one. Wait, no, stop. Okay. We have a possible vampire in the organization now. What? Yes. Other than Nick Rumble. No, yeah, well, I mean, he's definitely a daywalker. But, um... Uh, we have... Adam Mako. Oh, that's right. Oh, new draft Left-handed pitcher out of high school. Left-handed pitcher out of Vauxhall Baseball Academy, which I Googled and basically looks like a place in Alberta, Canada, where like you go and just kind of play baseball all the time. But he was born in Slovakia. Is that racist? I was going to say, I think we might want to. <laughs> he was born in Slovakia. His dad's name is Vladimir. And so? when little young Adam came home and told his dad he wanted to play baseball, he had signed up for baseball because there was baseball tryouts at his Sign school. Up. You're on the team. No, literally, yeah, yeah. literally, because it's Slovakia. Right. It's Bratislava, Slovakia. Like, nobody plays baseball, but there was baseball tryouts at his school and he went and just like discovered this love for the game and so he went home and told his father Vladimir that he wanted to play baseball and Vladimir said quote baseball in Slovakia Impossible! <laughs> right, that was a good story. Uh, and then he swooped his cape and left the room. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I started immediately writing a Matt Christopher book called oh. uh, Dracula's Son Plays Third Base. Oh, the oh. vampire who played baseball? Yes. Yeah, basically. Is that is that already? A, that might be. That <laughs> might actually already be. A book. But anyway, Adam Macko, welcome to the team. We love you. Sorry I called you a vampire. But also I love you. Cool. All right, go ahead with the next no, one. No, this is actually perfect. You kind of teed it up for me. This question is also tailor-made for you, but the thing you just said really blends into it well. Mm, all right. Uh, this one comes from Jason Ruffcorn. Which draft pick has the best parent? Oh, well, I mean... Uh, we okay. have two. You have Vladimir, but we also have the man you introduced me to earlier on social media. Oh! Beef Dad! Beef we're all about beefy, beefy parental units and, and look at landing. Extra points if they're tatted wearing AirPods yes. in the one picture that I've seen of them. We do love our beef This dads. man, who's who's the kid? It's Reed Morgan. Reed Morgan, of who course. Who is... Uh, which, Second baseman? Uh, I'm on it. No, he's TV. a pitcher. Um, 13th round pick from South Carolina. He's a pitcher. Yes. Uh, who has like some... Pretty good flow himself. Good flow, but back. you're burying the lead here. But Kate. the the lead is he has a giant tatted dad. <laughs> like I'm talking, there's a full leg, right? Full arms. I saw this on Twitter, but I have to ask: if you have a full leg sleeve, is that called a pant? <laughs> like a pant, a pant <laughs> oh, tattoo? Right, because an arm. An arm is a sleeve, sleeve. is a leg. So Yo, a pant me up. Pant. You just go in and. Is it a legging? Like what is? Yeah. What is the? What I don't know the I don't know the nomenclature here. But the dad is. I mean, the dad is. I will put we'll append this picture to the podcast because Somehow, everyone yeah. or to the article because everyone needs to see this. It is badass. It is dope. I would put this man in like the great dad face off that oh. is. 
Uh, who is it? Is it Josh Bell's dad? Who's yeah, he's huge? a beef dad. Yeah, he's a beef yeah, dad. Strowman's dad. Strowman's dad. Tyler O'Neill's dad. Yeah, Mr. Canada. Mr. Canada. Yeah, if we can cross sports, Yusuf yeah. Nurkic's dad is a cop in Bosnia. That's true. He's enormous. Yeah. And Yusuf I mean, himself. Yes, yeah. I will put Reed Morgan's dad in with all these other dads in the great yeah. dad Thunderdome. Sort of a roguish dad, I think, more perhaps. But dad still. Fionn. This yeah. dad plays the dirty. Dad this dad. That will break yeah. a bottle yeah. and shiv you yeah. into that owns legal yeah. smoke bombs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and again, we will sh- we will share the the image. Of but, course. Um, yeah. So yeah, Vladimir is a big Vlad one. Dad. Vlad Dad, uh, Reed Morgan, but we also have to give some big shout outs to Austin Shenton's mom. Correct. Right? Oh yeah. Big time. Yes. Um, so Austin Shenton is our fourth. Fifth round pick, the first position player that we took. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, third. Uh, third baseman from Florida International University, but a Bellingham native. Yeah. Uh, who played a couple years? Who played at Bellevue College? Yes. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> yes. Played at Bellevue College. Was drafted. Was not drafted very highly coming out of high school. Played at Bellevue College, trying to, like, boost his draft stock. Didn't get drafted. Got some feedback from scouts about what to do. Went to Florida International. um, And then just kind of destroyed it there. Um, And is a super cool dude. Yeah, talk about his uh, his photography Instagram. He has a... Well, I mean, it's his Instagram, but there's a lot of... A lot of pictures. He is Truly skinny. impressive work, too. I mean, they're good pictures. I'm not usually like, a big fan. We're not fan. just, like, blowing him up right. because he is our draft prospect. Yeah. Like, our guy. I'm usually not they're, moved they're by, like... legit good pictures. Photography as art never really does a lot for me, but these are, like, really good, especially for someone who's doing it as a hobby, like, yes. not as his career. He's a big environmentalist, conservationist. He's a vegetarian. He dreams one day of opening a plant-based restaurant to show everyone that... Like that, baseball players vegetarian. actually have other things they like too. Uh, I mean, it was a vegetarian. The ve- vegetarian food can be good too, but Re- also but that yes. part. Yeah, it's not um, all beef. He's a poet. He's. I mean, he's he's a Renaissance man. He's he a sure Renaissance is. man. And his mom, sadly, unfortunately, um, contracted, got cancer. Yeah. Uh. So. This was right before he went back to Florida International for his junior year, and um, he offered to stay home. He wanted to take care of her. Uh, It's kind of him, his dad, his mom, and then he has a a brother who has special needs who um, had a stroke when he was, like, in utero and has is a huge fan like probably his biggest fan especially when he played for the bellingham bells like came out to all the games uh so he offered to stay at home and his mom was like no you have to keep chasing your dream and sent him off to school and then his florida international teammates all banded together and they wore bracelets that said mama shent and shent strong and all that um and he scuffled a little. She at one point Googled how to bust a batting slump and Aww. like send him send him tips. 
Uh, so what did she find? Do we know? Uh, we should probably keep that one under wraps. Yeah. I would love to send that to uh, maybe Mitch Haniger, who's maybe the league and the entire Mariners roster besides uh, Dan yeah, Vogelback. <laughs> oh, Dan Vogelback is friends with him. Look at Vo- that. Vogie loves him. Call that synergy, folks. Uh, Vogie was like all over his Instagram mm. commenting on. So. Vogie's a noted businessman. Ah, Vogie's so great. Um, but anyway, so she sent him that, and he like rebounded and put up enough good numbers over the end of the year to kind of put himself in line with what he had done earlier. And but anyway, fifth Mama pick. Shent, we stand Mama Shent. We stand Mama Shent. In this house, we stand We Mama stand Shent. a rebound year from Austin Shent. Absolutely, Shenton. and Austin Shent has very kindly agreed to come on the podcast at some point. So wow, he's coming for my to... job. <laughs> we're going to have he's a conversation with him. He's definitely coming for my job. I am, <laughs> I, I am the expendable one of this group. That's <laughs> fair. It's a clear trade chip over here in that Expo shirt. I mean, I'm shirt. just afraid of you that you'll, like, Not a vampire. That's what a vampire would say. <laughs> exactly. I've seen a lot of vampires. What a vampire would say. Feels like an unfair standard. Grant, right. what, are you, what are you doing, like, two days from now? You gonna have a vampire weekend? Good night, everybody! Oh, my God. And with that, uh, bye. Bye.